welcome back, everyone, to a, another episode of This is CX, uh, our West Monroe podcast. Um, I have uh, Paul joining me uh, today. Paul, nice to have you. Hey, Mike. Happy fall. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Uh, we also are being joined today by Dan Magestro, uh, coming back to have a conversation around uh, journey analytics. So welcome, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Mike. It's great to join you guys. I uh, appreciate you joining us um, on our episode talking about kind of the enterprise analytics landscape. Uh, what we wanted to do was kind of bring you back um, and and have a conversation around uh, customer journey analytics. It's kind of a, a buzzword out there, um, but I wanted to talk with uh, both of you guys and, and kind of talk about what's happening out there uh, in the industry around journey analytics, what are we seeing, kind of how that leads into things like personalization or next best action to really deliver that effortless customer experience. So with that said, Paul, I want to start with you. What is journey analytics? We hear about it um, kind of out in the uh, CX world. And so I think it'd be great if you can tell us just what is journey analytics? I'm having this. I'm having this image in my head of every time I go on a road trip, and I think this is from uh, when I was a kid and my dad uh, driving us to uh, Michigan every summer. And I think every road trip I have now, um, around how how long, how fast can we get from point A to point B? How uh, what was our average speed limit along the way? And uh, you know, maybe how much gas we used. You know, I think about Priuses. So um, I, don't, I don't know. I have these crazy images and maybe this is a guy thing that uh, uh, or a certain personality type. Um, in, in any case, journey analytics is really about taking those customer journeys that, uh, you know, we as customer experience professionals use on a regular basis and, and making them come alive with data. Um, so, you know, most good journey journey maps are built with some level of data, some some level of research that's in them. Um, and, and really, journey analytics is taking it up a level and driving, you know, it could be um, existing data from operational data around what's going on to um, real-time customer sentiment data to make those journeys come alive. But it's, you know, at, at its core, it's, it's looking beyond touchpoint types of measures um, or analytics, what's happening in the contact center, what's happening on the website, and really starting to think about a customer goes through a journey that may have many touch points involved with it and looking at the data of what is going on with that customer uh, from, from, from going from point A to point B. Okay. So what's the value? Why, why should companies be looking into journey analytics? Well, largely because the journey analytics are going to give you a much better story around what's happening uh, with a customer than than touchpoint uh, analytics. So um, McKinsey has a great article out there that talked about, um, uh, you know, a company that has looked at, you know, its website and its 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 uh, its contact center, its you know, in person uh, interactions, and each one of them individually. Um, you know, showed satisfaction rates upwards towards a 90. But when they looked at the entire journey, what was going on, they found that while the touch points or the individual interactions were going just fine, the customer sentiment um, around that journey was plummeting. And in fact, by the time the, the customer got to the end of the journey, um, it had plummeted by about 40%. 
Um, the problem with the touch points is that I can have a great call with a contact center person, super friendly, got that done. But then, I, you know, five other things happen that I need to do or, um, um, you know, as a customer or that didn't quite work out or, you know, the surveys themselves at the touch points don't capture what the broader job to be done that a customer is trying to do. So, you know, essentially the, the, the journey analytics give you a, a, a much more, um, you know, a higher level, um, more customer centric pulse on what's happening with the customer and their experiences. It starts setting the, the stage for um, actually, you know, using, using predictive analytics, um, you know, for things like personalization and next best action. Where is the customer on their journey? What are they likely to, to, to be doing next and how can I, um, how can I facilitate that? Um, it, it, it identifies kind of some of the broader, bigger issues or root causes of, of what undermines the customer experience. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, many, many companies do journey maps and they're pieces of paper that sit on the wall and, and don't really get operationalized. The idea of, of, of literally, you know, you can think about it as bringing analytics into your journeys or maybe your journeys into your analytics environment is probably a better way of doing it. But, you know, it makes it it, it become more real time ongoing um, um, and, and, and driving, you know, sort of uh, what, what you do in your governance, you know, what projects and, 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 and uh, efforts should be, you be doing to, to really improve the customer experience. It makes it much more operational. Okay. So Dan, um, you know, kind of what Paul has laid out in terms of what Journey Analytics is and the value and, and why or uh, what should companies be using? What have you seen in your experience, um, uh, you know, in terms of working with organizations to actually, um, you know, do what Paul's talking about here? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the, the power of Journey Analytics and how Paul said it is really around the data. And so uh, enterprises that are aspiring to leverage their data more fully uh, for, for many things, whether it's journey analytics or it's understanding uh, financials, uh, it's just lot, lots of different, different ways that data can be leveraged more fully, uh, often requires and benefits from a more enterprise view of things. So when I think about journey analytics, I also think about the fact that oftentimes a, a customer's touch points with a brand or with a product or with a company across different business processes across the enterprise and so the the data silos that can exist between you know among marketing and uh maybe it and uh maybe customer a customer support function call centers you know, th these kinds of different functions in the data silos that exist uh you know customer journey analytics is is one of those places that really can benefit from from the enterprise taking a more enterprise view of data uh, can can really be benefit can really benefit. So, for example, if you look at how a customer interacts with the brand at point of consideration, versus how it interacts with the brand at uh, point of purchase, uh, as an existing customer, and how how that relationship with the brand or with the company is different, uh, you know, all of those different things can, might involve different business processes and maybe even different data warehouses or different data sets within an enterprise. So the power of journey analytics beyond journey analytics is helping enterprises take a more kind of holistic, comprehensive view of how their data can be leveraged across these different functions in ways to, you know, in the case of journey analytics, really, really provide uh, an unlocked new value for, for customers. 
Dan, there's an interesting point there that you make that um, you know occurred to me as you were talking about that is you've got you know crossing journey you you've got web folks and they're focused on their own metrics and their own tracking of customers and you've got a social media team and you've got a contact center team, right? And all of those things be, are 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 siloed in in a vacuum. And when you start stringing them together across a journey, you can start orchestrating what actually makes sense on behalf of the customer as opposed to what makes sense on behalf of the individual team in its own silo doing its own own, own type of thing. And that becomes really important because a lot of these teams can, can you know, they can do a lot of, uh, put a lot of effort and activity in, but it's not going to the, uh, you know, on behalf of, of what the customer actually needs across that journey. And I think it gives, you know, tying those things together, create some visibility and looks at when, when do the metrics for, uh, you know, uh, you know, on performance for any given individual business unit actually makes sense. Yeah, I think that's well said. If I think about the different kinds of cross-functional uh, endeavors that enterprises kind of go after that require uh, more uh, data sharing or data alignment uh, or, you know, data utilization across across those functions, journey analy- or journey mapping to me feels like the best <laughs> in the sense that when you bring folks from these different teams together, from a marketing team, a product team, a contact center team, a operations team, maybe even a supply chain team, if that's, uh, if that's kind of depending on the business that you're in, bringing these different customer touchpoint folks together, the web team, to your point, in one room and mapping out the different the different ways or the different roles they play in the customer's journey but having that all on one page so to speak or in one in one conversation can be so powerful for the organization so we're going to talk a lot about customer value as we should but the enterprise value of taking that kind of cross-cutting approach to how data can be leveraged is just uh, it can unlock so many interesting uh you know opportunities for better you know better data utilization and, and and new sources of value that might not even have been anticipated when the journey mapping kind of started. Let's start with Paul. And I want to come back to you, Dan, with this question. How do organizations begin to get journey analytics going, right? You know, as an organization, if I want to have this more consistent kind of real-time pulse on what's happening with the experience, I want to get deeper and using data to better understand what my customers are doing and the impact of that experience. Where do I start? What, what am I, where do I, what do I need to do in order to do that? So I'm going to start with you, Paul, and then uh, from maybe kind of the CX perspective and then come back to you, Dan, on, on more the technical and the, the analytical perspective. Well, I think the first place is, is actually understanding that in a, in a measurement, in a customer experience measurement framework, there is such a thing as measuring the journey. So where I see most companies starting is with the touch points. And so they'll put listening posts in your contact center and on your website and so forth. And they'll have a high level relationship metric. And, you know, those are super important and, and that's a great place to start, but they don't necessarily bring it together with a or 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 have a journey layer of analytics you know a customer just broke their leg and are about to go through the 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 health insurance payer journey um, of dealing with all of the finances related to um, you know uh, uh, you know getting getting my financials uh, figured out through the course of you know, uh, uh, fixing my leg and all of the physical therapy, right? That's a journey. And I can actually, at the end of that journey, when the, when a customer is healed uh, or the patient is healed, now um, ask the customer about 
their experience across that entire journey, right? That actually means you understand what those journeys are and you could actually put a measurement point in at that point and then, you know, start mapping it together. So, you know, to start out, you have to understand what the journeys are, start putting a place to measure them. You know, it's it's about mapping those journeys, mapping those journeys and understanding all of the various different touch points along those and mapping your operation, you know, operational data, customer perception data, you know, all of the different data sources, mapping that in or, you know, creating the the, the connections to that journey map, uh, uh, from that journey map to that that data and really understanding what's going on. Excellent. Dan, from a technical standpoint, um, where do you see, you know, based on starting to, you know, identify the journeys, the touch points, kind of what Paul just mentioned, where do you see from the technical standpoint people need to kind of start? Well, uh, the nice thing about journey mapping in this this kind of phase of a broader customer analytics uh, program or customer analytics uh, goals is pretty straightforward uh, on the analytics side. So the, the challenges really come on the data side to everything Paul said. So, you know, it's it's kind of, we can kind of rattle off the different types of, of data sets that would factor into a, a journey map for that, for that uh, guy who broke his leg. But in practice, you know, enterprises often struggle with having clean, uh, you know, clean, usable, uh, joinable, meaning, you know, ability to join and sync across different data sets. Data that uh, that's kind of at the ready for 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 good journey mapping or at least for good utilization of the journeys. So to Paul's point, I think the the biggest uh, technical hurdle really for the journey mapping piece of this is just you know and helping just understanding from those touch points. Does the data exist in a in a in a good format? Is it being captured the right way? Is it being is it being tagged in a way by member ID or something so that you know that guy's uh, you know health plan can talk to his uh, you know, can talk to his experience as a as an employee of the company that has the health plan and all, and the interactions with the providers and the claims and all of those things to ensure that that work downstream can be done. So you know, the journey mapping piece doesn't necessarily uh, require the high quality data, but the journey analytics piece, where you're going to start taking actions based on, on on that map, that's where the data quality and the data maturity really come in. And so it's, it's a nice thing, actually, that the focus doesn't get into the analytics, that it really sticks on the data. But a lot of companies struggle with that and, uh, you know, having enough data. Dan, I'd be curious, what, you know, as if, 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 uh, if you were a customer experience leader um, coming to, you know, either the analytics or, 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 or the data team, you know, to clean that analytics, you know, where, what would, what would, where would you suggest, you know, they start, um, you know, is it bringing, you know, here's the, here's the five pieces of critical data, you know, go to town, you know, how, how, how can a customer experience person bring that data team and that analytics team in together to, you know, create that clean data platform to, to, to go do that? Yeah, I mean, that that is a huge question. I think the ability for it is, and uh, we like huge questions. We like we like huge questions on our yeah. Podcast. We'll get back at each other, I'm sure. <laughs> I th- I think the 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 data teams come into play uh, from the very beginning. So we're actually doing a, a journey mapping uh, type exercise with one of our one of our healthcare clients now, and having data experts in the room from the beginning is absolutely necessary. I think identifying where the where to put the the investment, so to speak, or where to put the emphasis is going to depend a lot on on what are the initial goals of the journey map. I think what what I see is that identifying maybe where there are some quick wins 
and a journey map. So in, in the case of, of the marketing, like maybe the marketing is, a, is an area where there's a lot of weakness in the data, but it actually plays an outsized role in the customer's experience with the brand or with, uh, with the company. That might be a place just for, in, that, in that situation where it makes sense to put a lot of investment or, or kind of corral resources to, to figure out how to maybe make use of what's there or to how to make sure that there's a measurement plan to capture the right data uh, going forward. But in other cases, it might be further downstream where there's, you know, the, the, uh, the, the warranty, like, you know, a customer's journey, uh, might involve, uh, warranty claims type, type activities. And that could be a huge point of weakness from a data capture standpoint, but it ends up being a huge moment in the customer's journey in terms of, of, uh, retaining the customer and lifetime value and those kinds of considerations. So it's going to vary quite a bit. I think it's really going to come down to where there are some maybe quick opportunities to, to really, uh, benefit from the journey mapping and, and where the data resource, where, where there's a need for data investment combined with kind of that maybe longer term strategic view of what, you know, where are the, where are the touch points along the customer's journey in a particular business case that, that are kind of most ripe for, for uh, strategic value to be to be invested in. All right. So I think a lot of what we talked about, especially starting out in the conversation, was a little bit kind of understanding, having a pulse on the journey, what's happening, at, which tends to be a little bit of backwards looking what what's happening um, in the past and, and are we able to capture that data. I think then understanding that we have a, a and to your point, Dan, the and uh, some of the challenges around having good quality data that you can use then as an asset to really get into, I think, the future looking, which are the, the two things that we kind of mentioned around personalization and next best action when it comes to journey analytics. So, Paul, what's personalization? Walk us through, um, you know, what we think of when, when we hear personalization uh, as part of customer experience. So, you know, personalization has been, been you know, a, a little bit of the land of milk and honey for, for, for quite a while. And, I, you know, where, where, you know, it came up years and years ago was, you know, Amazon and recommendations, you know, recommending products, um, personalizing those sets of recommendations. And to me, that kind of interesting, but from a customer experience perspective, I'm not sure that my experience is, you know, is, is, is made by someone giving me a personalized recommendation on uh, on a product. But I think what gets much more interesting is if I understand a customer's journey and what the intent of, again, that job to be done. A customer is trying to do something with a company. If I understand the intent and where a customer is in that journey, um, um, I, as a company, ought to be able to proactively help the customer through that journey. Um, if it's an onboarding, you know, and I'm just trying to get used to, you know, a new product and service, you know, many of those next best actions may be avoiding common mistakes that are there, trying out new features, you know, a, a lot of, you know, what what sort of is involved with um, the world of customer success of what's coming next and can I project, you know, based on what a customer's behavior is and and what some of their actions have been, you know, how to get them through that journey. And those things could then be you know, alerts or proactive emails. It could be when a customer calls a contact center, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, I've talked about United. I'm not a big fan of theirs, but they do do some things well. Every company does. 
Um, you know, and it's kind of amazing when I, um, if I'm on their website and uh, doing a reservation and then have a problem with that and I call the contact center, they actually recognize that I was on the web uh, working on a particular reservation and can pick up from there. Right. That's the kind of notion of I get where you what your context was and I can help you proactively. And, you know, again, trying to in, in this world of, of trying to create frictionless interactions, you know, at a at a base level. Um, that's where I think the, the really interesting pieces of the of the personalization are there or that's the potential. And, and mapping those journeys and having the analytics is is the foundation to being able to do that kind of personalization more uh, uh, robustly. Yeah. So Dan, what are some of the challenges, uh, from a technical or analytical standpoint of being able to, um, to be able to execute on that, that vision that Paul just laid out in terms of that effortless experience and, and being able to proactively, um, deliver what the, or anticipate that what the customer's need is. Uh, yeah, it's a great question again. I think there are kind of two two areas of that. So one is the point that Paul was just ending on, which is around uh, kind of the need for, for that seamless experience. There, there's the need to have connected systems kind of behind the scenes. So you know the architecture to support personalization, you know, and the the data connectivity with within uh, within the organization, so that the the customer outside of the organization can experience it in a way that feels very cohesive and integrated. I think Paul, Paul's example of, of picking up an online uh, transaction uh, or something with, with a phone call and having that be as seamless as, as that can be, the systems that connect that, the architecture behind the scenes can be pretty hairy. And as I said before, a lot of organizations struggle with, with data in different areas of the, of the, of the organization. So making that making that a, you know kind of more seamless can can involve solving a lot of pain. That The, the, good, the good side of that is that it solves pain not only for personalization and customer analytics, but it often solves pain for other parts of the enterprise or other other business needs. But the second big area really gets into the fun part, and that's the analytics part of journey analytics. And so when you get into truly personalizing experience and you, uh, you know, such as, you know, the recommender models that that will uh, give it give advice, uh, prescribe uh, suggested purchases for someone that based on their prior purchases or based on their browsing behaviors or, the, or those kinds of things. The analytics behind the scenes to identify common behaviors, uh, type those behaviors into some kind of uh, pattern or some kind of path uh, that allows you to, to, to then make recommendations, which really is all about improving and optimizing their experience. I mean, th there's a lot of analytics behind the scenes there that get kind of range from you know, maybe kind of standard forecasting and, and predictive analytics all the way up through, you know, pretty advanced optimization routines, machine learning, and maybe even artificial intelligence where you're building in the ability to to understand, you know, type, identify behaviors, and then make recommendations on the fly. And of course, we know there are companies out there that have done this and maybe even were born with these kinds of ideas in mind. And so for organizations that are looking to to deepen their customers' experiences across these different touch points. I think both the, the data side of it, kind of connecting data in ways that makes it more, makes it faster, more seamless to them, and then the analytics to truly take more proactive, prescriptive actions or recommendations for customers or responses to customers. Uh, there, there's a lot of fun in there, a lot of really fun analytics that um, you know companies are just all over the spectrum in terms of the different things they're trying to to uh, to unlock value in, in those ways.
Dan, and I think you're, you're hitting on an interesting point there too, which is, you know, I, I've often thought, I, I love journey mapping as a, as a tool of just kind of starting to get go, get yourself understanding what a customer's perspective is across a journey um, and get people on board. But the problem with it is it's, a, it's still kind of a static tool that's, a, that's an artifact of, of, you know, Six Sigma and Lean, right? It's a process map and, and it's static by nature, which made sense in a, in a, in a process, you know, a, 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 a product, you know, a, a manufacturing process um, where, where you were trying to, you know, create consistency. The reality is in our, in our services-based world, we need a different set of tools that are much more dynamic and flexible relative to customer behavior and type and personas. And I, I wonder if these, you know, these kinds of analytics tools that are doing some more of that machine learning can create, you know, some level of, you know, dynamic journeys that are adaptable, um, you know, and flexible in all sorts of different ways. Um, but, but, you know, can, and I don't know if you still have to do the, the same journey mapping to kind of start setting these things up to be adaptable. Um, but I feel like in our in our world, we've got we we probably as customer experience professionals need to evolve beyond um, beyond the static world of these journey maps. And in my mind, this journey analytics piece is is you know is is trying to get us you know to a much more dynamic kind of environment and thinking about these customer journeys and reacting to them. Yeah, I agree, and I, I like that way of putting it. I think the the you know, personalization and to take into an extreme can be seen as kind of the the uh, the disrupting of maybe the kind of the traditional manufacturing mindset approach to mapping that, that you're alluding to. And that's the fun in it. I think, I think it's really the, it's using information and using, you know, advanced methods to really create those individual segments, so to speak, or individual paths or, or, or to build into your, into your systems, the ability to respond dynamically, as you said, so that you can really tailor their, their interactions with the company. And as I said before, it's really all about improving and optimizing their experiences. So it is not a, it is a very, you know, the, the value is it takes many forms and that's, that's really the great thing about it is of course, invest in these things so should lead to better business operations, maybe more streamlined operations, but ultimately the, these things should make customers' lives easier when done the right way. So we're, we're just about out of time, but I'd like to throw out maybe one last uh, devil's advocate question here, um, play the other side of, is there concern about um, you know being able to proactively meet the needs of the customers where either you're, you're almost being too... Um, to, I don't know what the, quite the word is, but personal. It, yeah, too personal, right? Uh, not, uh, you know, big brother ish or the fact that, yeah, you're, you think I want to do this, but really it was something else, right? And, and that is I, the point of machine learning to be able to take that information, take the data, continue to learn and adjust. But is there a concern that you might actually impact the experience in a negative way by trying to either get too personal or trying to be almost too cute with, uh, you know, serving up what you think is the next thing when, frankly, you know, cus- you know he- customers are human beings and we're, we're variable by nature. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, uh, um, um, I think it's maybe it's Microsoft or maybe it's Google that does it. But when I type something in and it thinks that I'm, uh, I mean a particular word, it's like, no, I mean something very different. <laughs> you keep changing the word on me in my sentence because of your predicting and trying to help me. Um, 
I, I think I think there's a big danger in that. And, you know, uh, um, um, but but I but I also say, you know, this, you know, what what uh, this stuff is always going to take care and feeding and as smart as as you know, the techies will say that our technology is it's still really pretty stupid compared to, you know, common sense and humans. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's going to be con- consistent tweaking and feeding. And I think it's always important to, you know, walk in the customer's shoes and have that pulse on what customers are feeling and where things are going right and wrong and, and, and tweak these kinds of things. So I, I would also, you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit dubious of machines that, um, you know, this, the machine learning, I love the idea of it. And I'm also dubious of it because I think it takes, you know, a, a tremendous amount of care and feeding um, for those things to learn. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to need to end it there. Um, Dan, really appreciate you coming back and sharing some more information on uh, Journey Analytics. And uh, we hope to have you back soon. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Paul. Great to have you, Dan. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Paul, for joining. Uh, Thank you all for joining uh, on our topic around Journey Analytics. And uh, we will catch you next time. So thank you. Uh